Praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm Pastor Wells and I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, in the midst of us, regardless of all the stuff that's going on. Amen. I'm excited one more day for what God is doing in the midst of us. It's just so much stuff going on and, um, you know, we're all dealing with so many different things and... Um, we're trying to make the best of uh, one day at a time so we can enjoy God and the life that he's given us. Today, I want to talk to you about an interesting topic. Um, it's something, this topic is interesting because a lot of people talk about it, uh, talk about it or go through it, and that's suffering. So today, I want to talk to you about suffering. But the thing about suffering is um, a lot of people, take suffering as that God, that's what God's will is for their life and on so on and so forth. And generally that's not true. And uh, I want to take it a step further with that. Um, why don't you bow your heads with me this afternoon? Amen. This wonderful Sunday afternoon. Bow your heads with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in the behalf of those listening under the sound of my voice. I ask that you break every yoke in their life, oh God. I ask you to touch, heal, deliver, and make free. I bind the hand of the enemy on every hand. I curse the works of Satan, oh God. I claim victory in the each liberal soul that's listening to the sound of this broadcast, whether it's by podcast or wherever, uh, a video or on television, however they're watching this broadcast today, I ask you to touch their lives, break the yokes in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's true. Um, a lot of people um, talk about suffering. And they're suffering for the cause of Christ, for the cause of whatever. They're suffering. And um, I think about that. I heard a preacher say something that was interesting. They were doing the interview. And uh, uh, the commentator asked him, so what is the gospel? Uh, 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 these preachers are saying that suffering is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, generally speaking, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not the gospel about suffering. <laughs> A lot of people have this theory that the gospel of Jesus Christ is about people suffering, and it is really not. Biblically speaking, church-wise speaking, they think it's suffering. But biblically speaking, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and him ascending on high and giving gifts unto men, making salvation possible for all those that come unto him. In fact, he made it for the whole world, but everybody's not coming. So the gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ is not suffering. So let's, get, let's clear that up before we get to the message. Because a lot of people run around think, oh, I'm suffering for Christ. Oh, you know, when you're saved, you're going to suffer for Christ. <laughs> I want to tell you something. A lot of preachers run around telling everybody that. People in the world that's not saved, they suffer in life too. Hello? People in life suffer that's not saved. So you can't say that uh, only people that say suffer. Amen. You can't say only saved people suffer. They're suffering for Christ. Well, there's a lot of people in church that don't live right. A lot of people go to church and don't live right at all. Amen. So what's the beat? Amen. 
You got to be honest when it comes down to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to tell the truth. That's why people, when they want to get into heaven, they ain't going to get there because they spend too much time believing lies. Well, the Bible said, why call me Lord, Lord, do not the things that I say do. Let's go to the book of Jude. Chapter one, it's only one chapter since I don't know. And verse seven, Jude chapter one, verse seven. Now, listen to this. You want to talk about suffering? Let's read what the scripture says. Jude 1 and 7 says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in like manner, giving them so, themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example of suffering and vengeance and eternal fire. Let me read that again. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh or strange flesh or set forth as an example of suffering and vengeance of eternal fire. Beloved, let's think about this real quick. Let's think about this. All oh, y'all, for all the people that love to go out there fornicating, having sex before marriage, they think it's funny. <laughs> Well, God destroyed cities. People talk about Sodom and Gomorrah as being all just a place of homosexuality, but that was far from the truth. It was. Because the scripture says here plain in verse 7, even Sodom and Gomorrah and the city around about them in like manner, giving themselves over to what? The fornication, sex before marriage. Now, if you really look, let's look at the rest of the verse. It says, or giving themselves to the fornication, going after strange flesh. That's those homosexuals. That, no, it's not just homosexual. Let's let's clear that up. I know y'all like to beat homosexual side of the head. The homosexuality is a sin. And you, know, you beat them upside their head. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. All homosexuals are going to hell. Well, guess what? Christ loved that person, but he hates their homosexuality. He hates the spirit of self homosexuality. He wants them to come out of their sins and give it like them, and he delivered them. But this scripture just not talk about homosexuals. Giving yourself the strength, giving over to strange flesh. People that were best telling me sleeping with animals. Okay? Doing all kinds of perverse things to themselves. Sex change and all this other weird stuff. Now people say, don't tell me I can't have a sex change. You can have whatever you want. You could be whatever. Reverend Ike used to say, you could be what you want to be and you can have what you want to have. He just didn't tell you the wages of sin is death. <laughs> he just didn't tell you that the wages of sin is death. But to give the God's eternal life, he just said, you can have what you want to have and you could be what you want to be. But he just didn't tell you. You get paid later for it. <laughs> But the scripture tells us plainly. They gave them over to strange flesh or set forth as an example of suffering. Amen. Huh? People go to hell and they suffer in hell and then they'll be turned over into the lake of fire. Now, why did God send all those people to hell? Why? Why would a loving God send all these people to hell? Why is he so mean? Oh, God is not mean. 
<laughs> we send ourselves to hell. In fact, you know, come on. Everybody heard people say, go to hell. That's what they tell people. They tell people to go to hell. Go to hell. What? Do they know what they tell them that person? They tell people to go to hell. Yes, I can say it because the scriptures say it. So they tell people they can go to hell. They damn it, people souls. I'm not saying it in the, 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 the uh, what do they call the pretense of what people say. I'm telling you according to the scripture. People tell people to go to hell, but they won't take them, tell them to go to the lake of fire because they don't know about the lake of fire. So saying go to hell is a popular thing. So they say it. That's why they say it. And when they marry with somebody, they say it in the curse tense. That's how they do it. Because they're angry when then they send it in the curse tense. But these people suffered in hell and then are going to be turned into the lake of fire for their actions and their deeds and their fornication. All these young kids running around talking about they having some good time, good sex, and they having they, they fornicating with their girlfriend and their boyfriend and their boyfriends and their boyfriends and all those other nasty stuff that they're doing. But they'll be turned into hell. Oh, I, I didn't write it. I didn't write it. See, that's why I, I, I like to clear this mess up that people run around and say, but they just a child. They don't know if they know how to have sex. They know what they're doing. Hello? I don't tell the truth. I don't see why preachers sugarcoat stuff, wrap it up like a little ball, you know, like you make a little, little cakes and you wrap it up like a little ball and you and then you flatten it out and then you cook it and then you give it. I ain't giving you nothing to cook. I'm giving you the word, word of God. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Because listen, when I got saved, I got saved at 18 years old, okay? I went to church to check this chick out, okay? It was my friend's girlfriend, girl that he was talking to. She wasn't his girlfriend. She was talking but She wasn't paying no mind, so I was going to try check her out. I wound up getting saved. That wasn't my plans. My plan was to check her out, but God met me in the building. I didn't plan to meet him, though. <laughs> I just tell the truth. But a life of fornication, straight flesh, homosexuality, all this stuff will cause you to be lost with suffering. People talk about suffering here, but that's a term of suffering. That's not weekend suffering. You can run to the doctor and let them give you something when you're suffering from a pain in your arm from arthritis. I could get you some omega-3 and aloe vera. I could get you some of that. I'll tell it too. Uh, Elevera, Elevera, and uh, Omega 3 and uh, a garlic aluminum complex. That'll help you with other uh, 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 high blood pressure arthritis and stuff like that if you take it. But guess what? There is no antidote. Listen to this. There is no antidote for suffering in hell. There is nothing nobody could give you once you wind up in hell. There's nothing nobody could give you for the eternal suffering that you're going to suffer. There's nothing nobody can give you. A person would rather suffer with high blood pressure or arthritis than wind up in hell. The Bible talk about uh, 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 casting out the mind out of your own eye. But I'd rather have one eye and go to heaven and have two eyes and go to hell. And then be turned over into the lake of fire. Because this place wasn't made for you. It was made for the devil and his angel. But if you choose, you choose to hang out with his angel and act like him. That's what he's going to want to know. It's true. I'm not making this up. This scripture is very, very plain and very blunt. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the city round about, it wasn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. Priests is like, you know what? You know what I learned over the years? Preachers like to preach certain things that people like to hear. 
Preachers like to preach about homosexuality, but they don't want to preach about adultery because half of them are doing adultery and then half the church are doing adultery. They don't want to preach about stealing because they're stealing money. Oh, I don't want to get into it. Then they got to think of everybody doing all this mess. So they preach certain things. They preach what people want to hear, but I ain't preaching what nobody want to hear. I'm going to just tell the truth. Today is Father's Day. I don't have a Father's Day message. You must be born again. That's the message. <laughs> I don't preach according to holidays. Today is Father's Day. You must be born again every day. You must get right and stay right every day. Okay. So the scripture says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them, like manner, themselves, uh, turned them, gave them, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example. That means let's not do this. Let's not do that. So we don't get be lost. So we don't be turning. Oh my goodness. So we don't be turning to the lake of fire. Come on. Not a popular message, but it's the truth. Let's move on. Suffering is something at times that can be avoided. It's true. Take a look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And let's talk about suffering just, just a little bit more here. Uh, suffering. Suffering. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25. It's a different type of suffering. Some suffering that we do in life, we don't have to suffer for, but we do the dumb stuff and we suffer. But this verse here tells us another story about suffering. Listen to the verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 says, Children rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I'll read it again. Children rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Do you know this life? We live it for a season. Some of us get 50, some of us get 60, some of us get 25, some of us get 110, 125 years. It's just a season. One day in God's sight is out of in sight. In God's sight is a thousand years is out of day. Another day is out of a thousand years in God's sight. Not our time hits. But guess what? Moses rather then enjoy the sins and pleasures of the Egyptians. He'd rather suffer with the people of God because he know the people of God were seeking an enduring kingdom. He knew that the Egyptian kingdom would not last forever. He knew it. He knew the king wouldn't last and live forever. He knew the kingship would change after a while. He already knew that. I want to tell you something. Moses had an opportunity to remain being with the Egyptians, but he chose to come out of there. And a lot of times that's why we keep suffering. We don't come out of our mess. We don't come out of where we, while people, women complain about men being abusive to them and beating a wabba wabba out of them, busting up their eyes. I'm telling you the truth. But they stay right there with that man. That's not what the scriptures say. You choose it. Don't blame God. Don't tell me God told you to stay there. Let that man beat you till he kill you. 
Do not tell me that lie. I don't care what nobody, what prophet or the evangelist told you. That's not in the Bible. He said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He did not say, I came that you might get beat to death by your husband. I don't know why I'm saying this today, but he said, I didn't come for that. Amen. I know many women that got beat half to death by their they husbands and some of them died. Pastor said, I got to stay faithful to him. Show me that in the Bible. You need to get your behind out of there, go to a shelter or get you an apartment somewhere, stay in a hotel for a few days so you can get yourself together. And I didn't tell you to go back there and shoot him and beat him inside his head. I said, get yourself together, get some strength in God. I got sisters. I ain't man call himself beating on my sisters. He can hear from me and my brother. Me and my brother's gonna visit him. I'm not gonna lie, we gonna visit him. <laughs> I told one guy one time, but one of my nieces, I said, how long you want to live? I'm not going to lie. He was talking some garbage. That's my, what? That's my niece. I said, listen, you got two choices. You keep this up. I'm going to beat you. Dude. I'm going to beat you behind. But my brother's going to kill you. Which one do you want? I bet you straightened up. <laughs> I bet you he's straightened up. Yes, I'm a man of God, but I'm not going to let you beat on my niece, my, my niece, my grandniece, my sisters, my cousins. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're going to be running to the police asking them to save you from me. Because God's going to be chasing you behind to the precinct. Yes, he will. Tell you something. Suffering can be avoided. Many women be in relationships. The man is beating them up. He's taking care of my kids. When you're dead, he's going to put your kids in the street. He might even beat them half to death. Get a grip on God. Get a grip on God for your life and your spiritual life. This scripture here says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, that Moses was chosen rather to suffer as the people of God than enjoy sin and pleasures of sin for a short time and then be cut off by God. Because you know, if you read the story, at the end of the day, Pharaoh drowned pursuing uh, the people of God. Him and Chari and all those folks that were the widow, chasing behind them. So you can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a while. But you're going to suffer eternally. You may not suffer here at all. There are people that did crimes and got away with it inside a man. There are people that committed murder, rape, sodomy, I'm in the works. And they walked away from here. They, on this earth, they did not get judged. They paid people off because they had power and money. They paid people off. They didn't suffer nothing here. It would have been better for them to suffer here than have to suffer throughout eternity for their sins. The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. God knows everything. God sees all, knows all, and he tells all. And I'm telling you, in eternity, you will suffer for your sins. Amen. You're not getting away. But Moses had an opportunity to stay with Pharaoh. He had an opportunity, beloved. He had an opportunity to stay with Pharaoh. He didn't have to get right with God. He didn't have to obey God. He could have lived like that as a prince of Egypt. He could have stayed there. He didn't have to come out. He wouldn't murder that Egyptian. Then he ran. I know the story. 
But the point I'm trying to bring out here is Moses chose. It wasn't something he was forced to do. He chose to suffer with the people of God. That's interesting that he chose to suffer with the people of God and then he'll reign with God. So people today take suffering that that's God's will for their life. I've heard people say that it's God's will for my life. You mean to tell me God actually told you that you was going to suffer? I know what God told Paul, according to what Paul said, God told him he was going to suffer these things because of stuff that he did to the people of God. That's why Paul suffered all that. God told Paul how he was going to die. God told Peter how he was going to die. God told these, I mean, they were, they were Pacific apostles. The Pacific uh, example said for them that they were supposed to do. But everybody running around saying, oh, I'm suffering for the cause of Christ. No, you suffer because you were the drug addict. You suffering because you were a homosexual, a person that lived an adulterous life and got sick from doing that. You suffering because you were an alcoholic. It affects your body. God has saved your soul. But if you haven't been taking care of your body and you're doing all that drinking, it's going to affect you. Don't live in la-la land. That's not suffering for the cause of Christ. You're suffering in your flesh because of the deeds. The Bible told us to mortify the deeds of the body. Mortify the deeds that you're doing in the body. Stop doing it. So I, 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 I hear everybody crying. Oh, I'm suffering. Oh, I'm going through. Well, I do. I go through a lot of stuff. It's not always from anything I did in the past that's wrong. I do go through stuff. I don't tell everybody, but I go through stuff. I suffer a lot. I'm upset about some stuff right now. I'll get over it, I guess. <laughs> I always do. But suffering while you're walking with God is different when you're suffering for sin. It's a difference. It's a big difference. Some people have committed, you know what the scripture says? A man that committed adultery, wrong of his own soul, and he lacks understanding that he's wrong in himself. Damage in his own self. Because if his wife finds out his behind is going to be in the street, or she might go upside his head, and then actually go upside his head, throw all the stuff out, and she take him to court and wipe him clean. I have a friend of mine. She made a joke about her husband. She said, he could go around fooling around. I'm not worried about it. I said, you're not? She said, no. You think I'm going to wear myself to death? We've been married all these years. He want to run around? Praise God, let him do. But I'll tell you one thing. I get half of everything he owns. <laughs> when I was a young man, I learned something about that. I watched two women let the husband run around, do their thing. And them suckers died. They collected. Them women, if the men would run, the husbands would run around and didn't get nothing. I've learned a lot. I learned a lot. <clears throat> okay, so Moses chose to suffer with the people of God. Okay? It wasn't that <clears throat> he was forced to walk with the people of God. He chose to. Amen. You have to make choices to walk with God. You're gonna go through some stuff, but don't make like God said you got and you because you're saved, you're gonna suffer. That's not true. 
It's not going to force you to suffer nothing. Sometimes we suffer for a lack of judgment and wisdom. Okay, you don't believe me? Drive your car. Have conversations with people all on the road you're driving. Just keep on driving. Just keep, just keep on going. You live 100 miles away, just keep on driving. And you got $5 gas in the car. I guarantee you, you will never make 25 miles. You're going to get stuck in traffic and burn up that $5 of gas. And you got to go 100 miles because you lack wisdom and understanding that you needed to fill up your tank before you got home, before you left. <clears throat> You needed to fill up the tank first. Now when you now when you're already on a wall and you have no gas station for another 60, 70 miles, and you only got five dollars gas in the car. <laughs> Maybe if you got a diesel engine, you might make it, but now no one let it. And you might only have regular in it. <laughs> your behind gonna be stuck on the highway calling, hey, 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 or somebody to come and get you. You're going to be calling one of them to come and get you, and they're going to charge you a fortune. I had, I had it happen. Our car ran out on gas years ago. and I, uh, uh, No, I was, we were going to a business meet with a friend, and the car ran out of gas. It cost my friend $35 just to bring a $5 gas. $35. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a lot for $5 gas. Then he went to, when he went to the gas station, Philip, he done paid $35. To the people that brought the gas, uh, AA, whatever it is that he used. And he said, he said, Bernard, you need to get one of these services. <laughs> they go, no, they bring me $5 gas. <laughs> I got to get the $35 for $5 gas. <laughs> we suffer for our incompetence. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Philippians. That's funny. We suffer sometimes because we don't listen. Okay, okay, Philippians chapter one. Verse 29. And it reads as such. <clears throat> For unto us it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but that we shall also suffer for his sake. Now, let me explain. I'm going to read it again. For unto, uh, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also suffer for his sake. <clears throat> now, what is suffering for the sake of Christ, beloved? What is? I just told you that being saved, you, that you're not called to suffer. Now, I just told you that, right? I'll read it again slowly so you can catch it. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also suffer for his sake. What is the sake of Christ? Living holy. Living before God, living godly, treating people right when you can scam them. Hello. Stealing stuff from your job. And you don't because you name the name of Christ. Because the scripture plainly states that everyone that named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 
Give it here. Suffering from the for the name for the sake of Christ's name means you're suffering, not doing things that you would like to do. Not suffering for things that you did was wrong. People think that oh, I'm suffering. You suffering in your body because you smoke, you drink, you abuse your body. You need to rest. You abuse your body. That's not suffering for the sake of Christ. That's suffering for the sake of you. Put your name here. Joe, Harry, Mary, Billy, whatever your name is. Whoever is listening to this broadcast or listening to the pod, watching this broadcast or listening to the podcast right now, put your name there. You're suffering what you did. When you suffer for the name of the, for the sake of Christ, it has to do with righteous doing. Oh, yeah, ain't listening to me. When you Amen. suffer for the name of Christ, you're suffering for the sake of the name of Christ for doing righteousness. Amen. Not for your sin. The Bible said, be sure your sins will find you out. Oh, come on, somebody. You're going to suffer for your sins, and then you will suffer for the name of Christ when you do righteousness, because everybody don't like righteousness. Amen. Everybody don't like people doing what's right. Some people get mad, mad. Back in the day, they killed people that did what's right. They fed them the lion. They beheaded them. They stoned them. Some people stone you with their mouth today. Some people feed you to the lions with their mouth today. Some people plot to kill you. Some people plot, plot to destroy you. Oh, because you name the name of Christ and because you do what is godly before God. Some people do wickedness before God and then got the nerve say they're suffering for the name of Christ. I'm telling you the truth, beloved. When we suffer, we must suffer for the right purpose. We must suffer for the name of Christ according to the scripture, not according to the thing that we did, not according to the sins that we did. Amen. We must suffer for the cause of Christ. For his sake, according to the scripture. Not because we want to. People got this all twisted up. They're suffering because they're suffering because uh, 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 they got saved and uh, uh, this is happening. And they went to the doctor and said this. First of all, you can't believe everything a doctor tell you. You can't believe everything a banker tell you. <clears throat> I remember some years ago, I applied for a credit card. And I called them the bank about it. They said, you'll never get, we will never give you a credit card ever again. I felt bad. They were mean, cool, cruel. I applied later, later and got the same credit card. Can't believe everything you hear. You got to base stuff off the scripture. Make sure the suffering, your suffering, is not from your sin, not from your plot. Are you trying to destroy people? You've got to learn to follow what the scriptures say to get scriptural results. Not always going to feel good. You're not always going to feel good about it. You're not always going to be happy about it. You're not always going to be jumping up and down about it. You're not always going to be flipping and whipping over and swinging from chandeliers. 
that's what they say at church, swing from chandelier. Um, I've seen people do stuff. I haven't seen a swing from the chandelier, but I've seen them dancing on top of the uh, the communion table. I've seen them dancing. I, one guy, I don't know how he was dancing. He jumped up on the pulpit, you know, uh, the podium. And they, uh, us pastors, we preachers, we put the, a Bible on and stuff. He jumped up on that, that side when he was jumping and dancing. I'm like, oh, boy, here. I tell you, we got a lot of Batman running around in church today. Okay, let's go to James chapter 5 and verse 10. I want to read this to you. Listen to this. James chapter 5, verse 10 says, Take my brother and the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, suffering, affliction, and of patience. I'll read it again. Take my brother and the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction. Back in the day, before crisis came to earth, uh, the prophets, they were stoned, they were murdered, they were doing all kinds of things happening. They, but they spoke in the name of the Lord. They suffered these things. Today, God can't even get you to go witness to nobody. You got to, he got to give you money. You want him to give him money just to go witness to somebody. Am I getting paid? And let's do a street service. Am I getting an offering? I got a preacher all the day. These guys ain't got no backbone. They ain't got nothing. They ain't got nothing. The offering for the, I didn't get an offering. I'm not coming. God told me to take off. And God ain't told you to take nothing. Stop lying on God. The Bible says, speak that what you know, testify to that you see, tell the truth. The prophets prophesied in the name of the Lord and went forth and told, even though those kings wanted them dead and killed somebody. Elijah's another one. <laughs> Ahab, Jezebel, they're famous in the Bible because they wanted Elijah dead. You gotta understand something about the scripture and the prophets. They didn't have what we have today. They didn't have all these legal safeguards. To say somebody come in your church tearing it apart, you could call the police. Yes, you can get them arrested, file charges. But back then, wasn't so. These are the very same people that went into the synagogue telling them that what thus saith the Lord and the very leaders of the church that kill him. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. I remember a story of a pastor. I know this young man came to preach at their church. Somebody invited him and he preached. And then he started some mess. He tried to take over the man's church. I'm sorry. He actually tried to take over the man's church. The man said, you're not doing that here. It's not happening here. You could try, but my name's on the building, so you won't get nothing. I'm telling you, people suffer. However, listen to this. The prophets suffered many things. As they prophesied and spoke in the name of the Lord. But these guys, listen to this. This is interesting. These guys had a glimpse 
of eternal life. What happened to them didn't pay them that much when they ran off the road. Like the minute somebody says something to a person today at church, I'm quitting. I'm never coming back to church. Well, you've been saved for 30 years. I'm not coming back to church. They offended me. They made me say, oh, I'm, I'm never coming back. I'm not going to be saved anymore. You probably was never saved from the get-go. Get go. Because if your salvation is based on somebody saying something to make you upset, you don't have Christ Jesus. You have religion. So you're not going to be religious anymore. When you have Christ in your life, Christ makes the difference. Amen. Christ makes the difference. The prophets had a glimpse of the future. They didn't even see Christ. They didn't have the gospel the way we have it today. They were taking the word everywhere. They had to go to kingdom wherever God told them to go. Amen. And these men, they suffered. That's enough. They suffered for the cross of Christ. However, you suffer with them. You reign with them. But today, the story is different. We're supposed to suffer for the sake of his name, mean doing righteousness, not for your sins. That's why the scripture said the prophets, this is what they spoke in the name of the Lord. They suffered affliction and different things, and we can't go through nothing. Oh, it's not a popular message. Not about you're going to be rich. Big blessings coming. You know what? The biggest blessing you could get is salvation. That's the biggest blessing you could get. Let's move on. Let's go to First Peter. Chapter 2 and verse 19. Listen what it says. Listen to this. Second Peter chapter, first, first Peter chapter two, verse 19 says, For this is thankworthy if a man, this is for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience, for the conscience toward with God endure grief and suffering wrongfully. Oh, let me read that again. That's how I know that. Oh, let me read it again one more time. For this is thankworthy if a man. For conscience towards God, endure grief and suffer, suffering wrongfully. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what that scripture just said? If he suffer for being wrong, for wrongful things happening to him, not him doing wrong, suffer grief. Grief, suffering, wrongfully. People are killing you of things you didn't do. In fact, listen to this. Sometimes you even lose your job. You say, what? Yes, sometimes you even lose your job wrongfully. But I want to tell you something about that. Sometimes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord says, yeah, I'm the two shirt, the box with God. Sometimes he allow you to get fired. You say, why would God allow me to forget fired? God would allow you to get fired. Because he has a game plan that you don't know. 
Because if God allow you to get by, he got a game plan set in motion. Better make sure you in tune with him. You got to make sure you in tune with God. You got to make sure you're walking in line with his word. That when that take place, God's game plan beginning is going to effect. See, I learned something. The Lord spoke to me years ago. I was on my job and some stuff went down. And I was accused of certain things, which wasn't true. I was accused of things that I didn't do. I was accused of things that I didn't do, and it was a lie, and I was able to prove it for a lie. I still almost got fired. And I was I was upset. I'm not gonna lie and say I was upset. I wasn't jumping up and down. Oh no. I could not understand why I was wrongfully accused of something I didn't do. And I told the Lord, I was steaming, boy. I was mad. No, I don't cuss and swear that kind of stuff. I was mad in the job. I went in the back of my stock room and I was upset. I said, Lord, why why you let this happen to me? I just I talked to the Lord like I talked to everybody else. Why you let this happen to me? I, I didn't understand. I was really upset. I was tired of it. I was upset. Lord spoke to me and told me. And I had did what right. He said plainly. Regardless, I think it was regardless of what happened, you are supposed to do what's right, regardless if it goes the way you want to go. Of course I wasn't jumping up and down when the Lord spoke to me and told me that. He said, when you are supposed to do what's right, regardless if it goes the way you want it to go. Remember what I'm telling you. That's what the Lord told me. I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I was still upset. Because it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I almost got fired. It was a big mess. It wasn't a small issue. The big bosses came down and everything. It wasn't a small issue. However, later on, I realized what God was saying. You are supposed to do what's right regardless even if you suffer wrong. I suffered wrong. The guy was plotting to destroy me. He was. That was his whole thing. He was plotting to destroy me. He lied about all this. And I was able to prove that I was right. And I still got in trouble. I just couldn't understand it. Amen. I was steaming. I went in that back office, not back in the back stock room. I was upset. The Lord spoke to me and said, regardless of what happened, you are supposed to do what is right. Whether it goes the way you want it to go or not, you're going to do some suffering. But make sure you're suffering wrong, wrongfully. Not suffering because you did some stuff that was wrong. Amen. Probably if I didn't do, I was guilty. I probably would have got fired. But I still got in trouble, but I. Um, I probably would have got fired. It would have it really, really, really been an embarrassing situation. But however, the guy was guilty. And I, I want to tell you something about this. Down the road, they fired him. After I left the company, I think after I left the company a few years later, they fired him. That's right. Next, a few years later after that, he was working for another company and I happened to walk in the, in the store and I didn't even know he was the manager there. Guy begged me to work with him, but my mind goes back to what happened back then. I would never work with him. I would never work with that man on no terms. I don't care if he paid me a thousand dollars an hour. I've never worked with him. 
that I can't trust him. He already set me up back then. All that childish foolishness. Mm -mm. So the scripture says here, for this is thankworthy if a man conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Endure suffering because it was wrongfully done to you. Sometimes it takes years to root out. Yeah, there's, they, they just passed a law, uh, the uh, law on June, June, Juneteenth, I think it is, they call it Juneteenth. A lot of the people don't really know the whole story of that, where the suffering came, even after, after the slavery was over, people suffered. They still, they suffer today. There's racists running around today doing dirt, but they day gonna come. Everybody should be treated fair. I don't care what your skin colors, everybody in this country should be treated fair. We're one country, we're not two. United States of America didn't say it's United States white, United States black, United States yellow. It didn't say that. It's the United States of America. After all, another a terrorist country, another country want to blow up America. They're going to blow whether you white, black, green, or Chinese. They're going to blow you up because you're American. Amen. Go to some country. I don't care what color you are. The minute they find out you're American, they may take your hostage and blow your head off or you cut your head off. You're American. You're, no, 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 no. You're American citizen, right? No, yeah, 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 yeah. Kill him. Chop. Oh, I know I'm cold, but it's the truth. This verse. For this is thankworthy. If a man conscience toward God endure grief and suffering. But not for doing wrong. You know sometimes you go to church, people cry. <laughs> they're not crying for joy. They're crying for their sins that they committed. I always make a joke about preachers. A lot of times preachers are crying because they don't sin. They live, they live in sinful lives. A lot of them they cry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know that. I, 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 one day I change through this. One day. <laughs> Be sure you're to find you out. But the scripture here saying about suffering. Amen. The wrong that somebody accused you of, not from wrong that you would do it. Suffer. A wrong. Let's move on. Let's go to First Peter two nineteen. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. First Corinthians two twelve twenty six. First Corinthians twelve twenty six. First Corinthians twelve twenty six. Listen to this. This is another issue in the church. Listen to this. For whether one member suffering suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Let me read that again. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse twenty six says, "Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it." 
Oh, one member is honor, all the members rejoice with it. That's how it's supposed to be. But beloved, these fellowship churches today don't do that. The church of the living God is fine. It's these fellowships. The church of the living God is fine. It's these fellowships. It's these church, these church organizations. They got so many rules, they don't keep themselves. The little people suffer. The body of Christ is supposed to operate together. The head, the feet, the toes, the head is all one body that's supposed to be fitly joined together. And the men and women of God are supposed to help edify that body and help it increase in God, not decrease. But if we kill everybody and not in tune with God, they don't see God at all, don't call on God at all. So they get up and preach any old thing that come to their mind. They preach what people want to hear. It's Father's Day, so we're going to preach a Father's Day message. It's Mother's Day, so we're going to preach a Mother's Day message. It's Christmas, we're going to preach a Christmas message. Today is, uh, what's the day? Let's think of what day, what kind of message can we have? Oh, yeah, um, today is summer. It's the first day of summer, so we're going to have a first day of summer so message. We're going to have a first day of spring. And they go on and on and on and on and on. Not declaring what Duff saith the Lord, what Duff saith. Uh, Williams Temple and Jackson Temple and, and and Bernard's Place Church and all kind of dumb stuff. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sinners are reproached to any people. Notice I said any people. No particular people. Any people. The body supposed to suffer together. But if the body do things to cause the body to suffer, somebody's going to be upset about it. Amen. Did you hear what I said? The body of Christ, or rather the, the church organization suffer. At one time, the church was respected and preachers was respected. Preachers are not really respected today because they all look like a bunch of scammers. We look like crooks. They call us crooks. Preachers today look like criminals. Three-piece suit criminals, two-piece suit criminals. Just criminals. Two criminals with TV broadcasts. Mobsters with TV broadcasts. <laughs> Pedophiles with broadcasts. All kind of mess. Because the Bible said birds of a feather flock together, so they think we all together in this. But we ain't. I ain't going to love no mess. I'll expose you in a second. I expect you to do the same with me. We got to live and tell the truth. If you want eternal life, you have to obtain it daily. You have to speak the truth, tell the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. Did you hear that? That's what you got to do every day. And what happens is when the body is hurting, if you put a splinter in your hand, your finger, it's going to hurt. And you know why it hurts so much? Listen to this. You can't grab it the way if your hand, your, your, your blood was gushing out, you could cut, wrap up your hand. You know, you kind of stop the bleeding. 
But when you got a splinter in your head or in your foot, oh my gosh, you're trying to find the tweezers to take it out and it's aching you. And it ain't getting on your nerves. And then you're trying to squeeze it and it's hurting more to get it out. It's true. Come on, you never had a splinter in your hand or your tongue? Am I the only one? <laughs> but what's happening? You listen to what I just said. You're trying to get out. You're using your other hand trying to pull it out. The hand, the body is working together, trying to bring bring, bring some kind of a uh, uh, a safety and good feeling back. Amen. You hurt your leg. You try. You're, you're using your hand to help push your leg. You're working together. That's how the body is. The body is supposed to honor when one part of the body is being honored, the whole place being honored. When I'm in the church building and, and they honor the church or they want to give an interview with the church and the whole church is going to be on it. Not just me, because everybody we won. I remember when the church, I used to go to Tabernacle of Prayer in uh, Jamaica, Queens, or the late Pastor Johnny Washington, when they put that on the news and all that stuff. It was exciting. You know, I went there. I knew it. Whoa! I was excited. That was my pastor. Oh, yeah. And we still celebrate the work that he done 30 years after he's dead. 32? 33? I don't, I don't know how many years he's been dead. But the thing is, we are supposed to honor the, the whole body. Should I be honored? When one of us is honored, when we suffer, that's that's really how we're supposed to be. You know, that's how we should be when we suffer together. We reign together. That's how we're supposed to be. Do you know when you were in, uh, in the military, in any branch of the military, they all have one common go and they're different branches then they have secret services that some of y'all never even heard of but they all have one goal you know what that goal is to protect the united states of america and its interests and its citizens and believe me they will kill over that that's their goal to uphold the constitution of the united states of america not like these politicians these guys go to war, shed blood over that constitution. Not like these lying these lying uh, politicians lying and do everything. That's like what happened in January 6th. Military people don't do that mess. They fight for this country with their blood. Their skin color don't matter when it comes down to fighting for this country, okay? They gonna shed that blood. That's a body fighting together, suffering together, okay? That's how the church is supposed to be. We too busy. Some churches, we don't want no black folks in our church. It's a white only church. We don't want no white folks in the church. It's only black only church. But neither one of them are church, a part of the church of the living God. Those are the religious organizations. God doesn't have a black church and God doesn't have a white church. They keep trying to do America like that. We have a black America and a white America. There is only one United States of America and there's only one president at a time. Whether the president is a psychopath or a smart man, that's the way it is. Amen. You don't have to vote for him if you want, hallelujah. Thank you Jesus for that. So the scripture says in verse 26, 
It says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, and one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. We all rejoice together when one of the members are honored. I feel excited. I'm excited. I remember when I told some people I got the TV broadcast, they were all excited for me. Some even sent money. Thank God. I need to send some more. <laughs> Help us with the broadcast and stuff. But the truth is, we should rejoice together and suffer as a body and grow in Christ. Let's move on. All right, let's go to First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter four and verse fifteen. Now listen to this verse very carefully. We're talking about suffering. First Peter chapter four verse fifteen says, "But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evil doer, or an evil doer, or as a busybody in other." Men's marriage. I'll say it again. I'll read it again. I'll read it slow. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Wow. Isn't that something? People, the Bible says. Let everyone that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the scripture here is actually telling you the same thing. Let none of you suffer as a murderer with your mouth and with your gun, with your poison, with your knife. Stop dreaming of how you're going to take somebody out. Hello. and how you're going to destroy somebody. You call yourself a child of God, you need to get on the altar and repent. The Bible said vengeance is God. Stop trying to do God's job. So the scripture said that none of you, <laughs> excuse me, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief. Stop stealing from your job, people. I don't know why you got me saying it. Stop stealing from your job. It's not yours. Your name ain't Jones and Jones Company. Jones and Jackson Pharmacy or uh, 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 Simon's Corporation or whatever the name of the company you work for. Stop stealing. For God expose you and they have you arrested. <laughs> I don't know why God give you that one today, but stop stealing from your job. Stop stealing from people. Children steal money. You know what I read in the Bible about that? About children stealing from their parents. They say, the Bible, I'll read the scripture again, the where it is at the moment. They steal it from their family. And then saying it's okay because it's their family. They're stealing money from their family. And then they're saying it's okay because they're a family. No, a thief is a thief. <laughs> oh, my Lord. A thief is a thief. Not because your family. I had a relative like that, you know. He felt he was, I guess he felt he was honest to steal. 
That man was stooped so low, he stole my tithe one time. I had it in my Bible. I had one of the other Bibles in it. In it. I don't know how he found that money. He went through my Bible, found that money, put the Bible back down like it was nothing, never said a word. I couldn't understand. I didn't fight with him. I didn't fight with him. You know what? I left him in God's hands. <laughs> I wasn't my money. He was still, he was still from God. I ain't got no, that's my, that's you between you and him. You got to deal. You got to answer them. I ain't, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I can say I did what I was supposed to do. I was victim. He was in church at the time, but he stole the He stole the head. You, I'm telling you, you couldn't put your drawers down here stealing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's that type of person. A relative. Then I had one young man that I was trying to help. He stole my rent. That young man wind up cursed with a curse. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, he he made he, he grieved me so bad in my spirit one day. The stuff he was doing, I found out he stole from somebody that was really trying their best to help him. I told him, I said, "You are thou art cursed until the day you repent." That man stayed cursed his life and died at a young age. Wind up dying from AIDS. Okay. Yes, the men and women of God have power from God to pronounce judgment when it's needed. I didn't curse him with AIDS. I cursed his hand from stealing until he repent. Notice the difference. I said, until he repent. Until he repent of his sin. Because he was going to keep stealing. The person he stole from blew me away. Okay, he had already stole from me. I was upset. But the person he stole me, I, I mean, how bold can you be? And then turn around. He just broke into the person's house, stole their money, had the nerve. I was right there. I didn't even know he broke into the house. We didn't know until we got to the house and had the nerve to ask them for $2 to get on the bus. I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. And when I see them next time in church, I said, thou art curse until thou repentance. He said, don't curse me, don't curse me, because he knew I had power with God, and I meant it. Thou art curse until you repent of your sin. But you can't make nobody repent. You can't make nobody repent. That young man died at AIDS. I'm telling you. I ain't making this up. You got to watch who you meddle with. The real people of God got juice with God when you walk with God. So the scripture says, yes, I feel bad for him, but he wouldn't change. All right, no saving grace. You need to go to the Savior. But none of you, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or an evildoer. People plotting evil things to do to people. People constantly plotting to destroy people, pull people down. All kind of wickedness in your heart. Your heart is filled with dust. Your heart is black from your wicked thinking. You're plotting to destroy people. Men plotting how they can sleep with their daughters, you nasty thing. Peeking on your daughter while she's getting dressed, you nasty thing. Evil do it. Plot and stuff. Nobody hear about God hears and sees all and tells all. Hallelujah. Hey, he sees all. He tells all. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
He tells all. We ain't fooling nobody but ourselves, beloved. Suffer for the right things, not for the wrong things, beloved. And then the last part of this verse. Or as a busybody in other men's matter. And you know, we got a big problem with that. Now listen to this. I always assumed busybodies were only women. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to confess. I thought it was only women that were busybodies. But I actually met a man. I'm not gonna lie. He was a he's a busybody, and he's by himself today. He's all alone by himself today. He's a busybody in everybody else's business. If you say, if he hear you say, Pastor Wells drove by a bar. I'm going to tell you, that man to take that what he heard and say that Pastor Wells knew somebody that was in the bar, so he stopped by. That's the type of person he is. He'll take what you say and reshape it and remold it and then run off with some craziness. And then be busybody. Not minding his own business. Those things that God cannot stand. God don't like busybody. That's why people run around saying there's nothing wrong with confusion. You're a liar. I'll call you. I don't care what preacher says that there's nothing wrong with confusion. I'll call him a liar. And I'll call anybody run around saying there's nothing wrong with a little white lie. I'll call you a liar too. Because the Bible said he hates a liar and he can't stand confusion. Amen. He is not the author of confusion. Don't go lying on my father. Amen. Don't go lying on my father. Amen. You can lie on your father, but not my father. Not Almighty God. Don't go lying on my father talking about he like no confusion. The lies. Don't go lying on him. I get offended. You start messing with my family. I just told y'all that. I get offended. It's true. I think I told the story about the preacher at a funeral, a relative funeral I went to years ago. Many years ago. I asked the Lord why this young man died like this. The Lord didn't say nothing to me while well, I was on the plane going, Florida. And when I got there, I could not believe what the man said. The man said, the preacher said, he's a well-known preacher, so I'm not going to tell you who it is. He said, you know, I've been sugarcoating it all these years, and now I'm going to tell the truth. My relative laying in a casket before me sat under this ministry, and you're going to tell me you've been sugarcoating it all these years? I wanted to jump out of my chair and punch him in his mouth. Yes, I did. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to punch him in his mouth. Oh, a few years later, they caught him in the street on the, uh, on the curb drunk. Okay? You got to... Oh, man. You got to tell the truth and live the truth and don't sugarcoat nothing. Because you could cause people to be lost. This verse here, and Peter 4 and 5 says, But learning you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Stay out of people's business. Mind your business. You got six months to mind yours and six months to leave other people alone. It's only six months you got. You got the whole year. 
365 days in a year. Mind your business. Mind your prayer life. Mind your Bible reading. Mind your Bible study. Mind your business. Amen. Stop trying to suffer for somebody else. What's wrong with people? They run around saying, oh, I want just a no, sister Jones. Oh, man, she got a nice house. I want a house like her. Oh, so-and-so got just, I want just like, just like that. You don't know what they suffered to get it. You don't even know if they stole it. I remember I was sitting in the temple with my pastor, and uh, he was preaching, and he was talking about uh, some of the people. Yeah, some of y'all got these nice houses and stuff. Yeah, some of y'all stole again, and everybody got quiet. <laughs> the people got quiet. Some of y'all stole again with y'all got everybody. All people got quiet. <laughs> some of them got quiet when he said that. They were saying, hey, "Amen, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus." But he said, "Some of y'all stole again with you got your houses and your cars." They got quiet. <laughs> they sins were exposed. I never forget. I, I got to move on. But I want to tell you this. This is funny. I never forget. There's a certain preacher I know today who was a part of the ministry. Well, we, uh, it's well, back at the $25,000 disappeared. He said he lost it. <laughs> I was a young man. I had to be in my early 20s when I heard the story. How do you lose $25,000? A bag of 25 cash in it? I was supposed to go to the bank and you lost it? Here's the thing. That's the sad over the pulpit. I know one thing. Whoever has the whoever lost the, uh, that money of twenty-five thousand dollars, they better cough it up tonight. There's somebody going to jail. All of a sudden, the money coughed up. Capacitor's <laughs> really gonna put him in jail. You come in this ministry, the tabernacle, don't let me talk about you taking the money that's supposed to go in the bank and it goes in your pocket. Yes, you're going to suffer. <laughs> you're going to prison. I'm going to see to it. But the scripture tells us not to suffer as an evil person. Not to suffer as a murderer and a busybody in other people's back. Let's move on real quick. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two. <clears throat> I don't want to keep you long. Ooh, preachers always say that. I don't want to keep you too long. Oh, please. Hebrews two and nine says, Hebrews two and nine says real quick. Listen to this. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Let me read it one more time. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by he, uh, that he, by the grace of God, should taste the death for every man. Everyone, right? Every man. That's something to think about. Christ came off his throne. He came to earth. He became a little lower than the angels so he could take on suffering because if he remained in his glory, he would not have been able to do so. 
death wouldn't even have touched him. It would have had no effect on him. It would have been a joke. But he had to become like us. But the thing is, he endured suffering wrongfully. So what do you mean he endured suffering wrongfully? Christ died for us. Our sin. He didn't do nothing wrong. So he suffered something wrongfully. He was simply wrong to be accused of the sins of all the world. That's awful. Can you imagine that? You're suffering for billions of people. I don't know how that feels. I, I, can't, I, I can't even comprehend that. How can one person suffer and feel the sin, the laden of the burden of sins of billions of souls? That's Christ Jesus. That he would taste the death for us, that we wouldn't have to die the second death. That's why he went down into hell and he rose on the third day. That we didn't have to go there. We didn't have to wind up in hell eternally. But as you know, when they play patty cake, patty cake, patty cake, bake his mom. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. That's how people live. They doing that game recently. Patty cake, patty cake, bake me some sin. Bake me some sin so I can go to hell fast as I can. That's how we are. <laughs> That's it. But the Lord is saying, I don't want you to go there. And you said, he said, bake me some sin so I can go to hell fast as I can. That's us. Christ died, suffered a horrible, horrible death for something he didn't do. And people running around talking about, I'm suffering for Christ. You're only suffering for the sins that you did. Before you got saved, you think you're getting away? I don't know why people think they're getting away. That my pastor used to say something. Do good. What he said, Try, strive to do right for seven months and God will bless you. Because he knew <laughs> people couldn't do right for an hour. <laughs> ah. He's trying to help us out, but uh, we're going to do what we want to do. Let's move on. We just about finished. Let's go to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 12. Listen what it says. I want you, I want you to listen to this verse and we can close out. Listen to this verse. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I'll read it again. Yea, all that will live what? Godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You are going to suffer persecution as a child of God. You say, wait a minute, you just said that. Salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not about suffering, but you're going to suffer persecution as a child of God. People are going to hate you for being a child of God. You're going to say, right, some kind of suffering. I don't know nobody that's ever been saved that didn't go through any kind of suffering for the name of Christ. You're going to go through something, but it doesn't mean that your life is a life of suffering. Unless you could, you got to be careful here. You course up this thing where you're not living right. You're doing all kinds of mess and you're having all kinds of problems. Your life needs to meet up with what the scripture said, beloved. When your life meet up with what the scripture says, God can bless you more. Amen. Suffering is something you're going to go through in your life. 
Sometimes people, you know what? I, my wife was telling me the other day, I think yesterday, whatever it was, we were talking about being hungry, Shia. You ain't never been hungry. And you know, everybody always see me, you don't look like you're hungry neither. <laughs> they take one look at me. You don't look like you're hungry neither. You could go without food for a month. Hey, why do they always tease me and say that? But listen, I've been blessed never to suffer hunger. I've been on fast. That's different. But outright starve? Nah, I've been blessed. I'm not bragging. I've just been blessed. I never had, went out with food. I always have something to eat. Crackers, cheese, sausage, franks, all kind of stuff. Chicken. Oh, now, now listen to this. I want to just say this, and we're going to get ready to close down. I want to say this. Be careful of what you say and what you're suffering. Now, you, I'll be hungry. I have to be careful. I'll say, oh, I'm, I'm starving. I, don't eat. I ain't starving. I'm just hungry. But then again, listen to the other part. Sometimes I'm too lazy to make something to eat or get up and get something to eat. And that's how some of us are with our salvation. We're too lazy to improve our salvation to make it full. Amen. We're too lazy to do that. If there's anybody here that's watching this broadcast, they don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I would like to pray a simple prayer of faith with you right now. And I need you to pray along with me and that Christ come into your heart. Bow your head. Father God, oh, repeat with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. I ask you to save me right now. Sanctify me through your word. Give me to know that I have eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen. Simple, that simple prayer. You believe it? Christ will come into your life. You can visit our website, the Tabernacle Delivers, inc.org, and you can leave a, a prayer request or testimony of what God's doing in your life. You could also become a partner by clicking on the partner page. You'll see different things. You can also be a blessing to the ministry and support it. You can leave, send a love offering, a gift offering, test, uh, test. <laughs> I mean, uh, a love offering. Uh, anything you want. You can send it to Pastor B. Oh, well, it's a cash app. I know everybody uses a cash app. I'm trying to use it too. I have it. People send stuff there. But anyway, Pastor B. Oh, well, with a cash app, you can send a love offering, a gift. You, know, you could go to the partners page on the Tabernacle Deliverance, inc.org, and you could click on become a partner, and you'll see the other links and stuff, information we have there. I help support the TV broadcast, the podcast, and the other things that we other stuff we're doing for the ministry at this time. And listen, now you can come back and visit us for Bible study at eight o'clock on Wednesday night, 8, 8, 15 on Wednesday night, right here. God bless you and the walk with God.